0: Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. We hope you guys are doing well and staying safe and healthy through this time. This month we're presenting our Community Connection show where Denise and I get to share all the wonderful stories and questions you've shared with us. So please sit back and pour yourself a cup of tea and join us for a cozy, comforting hour. Denise, would you like to start us off? Hi Denise and Samantha, I'm writing to you to
1: share a lovely story about the power of asking. I live in Madrid, Spain, where we've all been asked to remain home except for grocery shopping and urgent matters since last Saturday. The Friday before this, I was supposed to attend an esoteric fair here, but decided not to as the government had already recommended to avoid crowd gatherings. At the fair, I wanted to find a happy stone, I'd been wearing a beautiful Labradorite since September, which had protected me from a lot of this stuff and helped me strengthen my intuition. However, I felt that with spring coming, I wanted something lighter and happier. and thought about buying rose quartz at this fair and giving my Labradorite the rest it deserved. So with the virus outbreak, I'd been self-isolating even before the government recommended it. The only thing I did outside my home was to go out to to my forest, a place that soothes me and helps me reconnect with life and nature. On my Friday walk, the last one before total lockdown, I was thinking how I couldn't buy my rose quartz at the fair and how much I wanted a happy stone to help me through these dark times we're facing here and everywhere else. Suddenly, I remembered how you were always saying that we can and should ask for what we need. So I sat down on a secluded meadow and started meditating and asked my forest to give me a happy stone to bring home with me. I still had like 3K to walk and I thought I would eventually find it on my way. As I was sitting on a patch of grass with no stones near me, to my surprise, when I opened my eyes at the meditation, what I believe is a milky or white quartz was right in front of me, no further than one foot away from me where I was seated. I thanked the forest and took my happy stone with me, and I've kept it close to my heart ever since. I'm attaching a picture of the stone in case you're curious, sorry for the poor quality. It's about beautiful and shiny in real life, so thank you for reminding us of the power of asking. Big vir- virtual hugs to you both love, Carmen.
0: Isn't that beautiful? I love that. And she sent us such a great photo. It, it looks like beach courts to me. I mean, that's what we call it here. But I'm sure in the forest, maybe it's called forest courts. But it's a really beautiful stone. And, you know, it's such a good reminder of what she said that we need to ask for everything from big things to little things. If you need a happy stone, ask for a happy stone. And also the fact
1: that she was intuitively saying, I need something happier and lighter for these energies. I want to give my labradorite a break. I'm ready for and then to have that manifest so beautifully and be presented from spirit is absolutely incredible.
0: I know. I love that. Okay, our next question says, Hi Samantha and Denise. I'm a longtime listener of Samantha's other podcast too, and bought things from her website. Well, thank you. I'm from Delaware. I listened to the episode on Archangels and you requested any stories to email you guys. Well, here is my story. I had just found out I was pregnant. A few nights later, I was asleep. I woke up out of a deep sleep suddenly because something black came rushing up into my face while I was asleep. I felt threatened. I immediately in my head called out to Archangel Michael, come help me now. The black thing was abruptly yanked away from my face. I felt an immediate sense of peace and started to fall back asleep. At this same time, my dog, who was asleep on the couch, came running up the steps, and I could hear him sit down and whine a little outside our bedroom door. He knows to leave us alone at bedtime. I got up and opened the door and told him quietly as I petted his head, It's okay. Mommy just had a bad dream. I'm okay. He went back downstairs. I was still kind of groggy with the first trimester exhaustion. I just wanted to get some sleep. I got back into bed without disturbing my husband and had a peaceful sleep. The black thing never came back again. I know it wasn't a dream. I feel that it was real, that it was something negative or evil that was trying to energetically hurt me and my unborn baby. What also confirmed it for me was the fact that my dog also woke up and came running to obviously try and protect me. My dog and I are very connected. I have been coming into my intuition for a few years now. I prayed daily for protection from God, Jesus, and Archangel Michael for me and my family. The next day, I remembered what happened vividly. I wrote it down in my journal so I wouldn't forget. My daughter is now 19 months old, and that experience is as vivid in my memory as if it happened yesterday. I knew that I would be protected and would not have to fear anything for the rest of that pregnancy and beyond, but it always amazes me the power of God and angels that help him. And that's from Dawn. Isn't that a wonderfully powerful story? Reminding us again to ask for what we need. Ask if you need a happy stone or if you need Archangel Michael to protect you from something dark and negative. However, big or small, ask, and that help is right there.
1: It also exemplifies our connection with our animals and how in tune they are to spirit and disruptions in the spiritual or the auric field around them and around us. The fact that her dog popped right up they're new energetically yes. I think that that's
0: yes and the fact that she remembers it so vividly that's always a sign that it's not a dream right when the emotion stays with you i love that and i and i i wonder about that dark thing and what it was trying to do if it was just trying to scare her or if it was um you know sometimes like intentions from other people Right. I was doing a, a reading a couple of weeks ago for a woman who had a miscarriage and she wanted to know why. And when I tuned in, I saw these like, um, they look like cactus ball orbs, if you can picture that, uh-huh. like just a circle with spikes just yeah. coming at her and she was like batting them away. And I told her that someone was not wanting her to complete this pregnancy and was in and not intentionally, like subconsciously sending... Bad energy. And it, it turns out that um, there was a whole financial issue. It was a second marriage, and I guess some of the children were very concerned about their money if this child was born. And I just wonder about the mm-hmm. unintentioned energy that our thoughts send out to people for good or bad. I agree with
1: that. The, the other part is right now, these little people coming onto the planet, and now that we understand why they're coming in with so much light. For the shift we're all experiencing, is that another reason? Because the lighter the light, the more the dark is going to be threatened
0: by that. That's so true. We need all of our light workers. We need us all to reunite more now than ever. That's Right.
1: And, and we've paved the way for these folks that are coming in, and this younger generation who really are going to usher us into a time of peace and healing. Definitely. Okay, here we go. Uh, I am currently on maternity leave and had my son on December 10th of last year. My husband and I have always acted on instinct, and after a Valentine's Day date last year, we had a talk and decided we wanted to die for a baby. Two months later, I found out I was pregnant. Then my months went fast and slow all at the same time, but now my husband and I couldn't be happier finally having our son here with us. My pregnancy went very well up until the last month when I started having high blood pressure and swollen feet. They ended up inducing me at 38 weeks, and after about 16 hours of labor, I had an emergency C-section, and he was born as healthy as ever. I was happy either way as long as we were both healthy. The day after my C-section, however, I ended up with a fever of 102. Most likely, my body reacted to the C-section. So for the next four days, they pumped me full of antibiotics, therefore making my milk not come in correctly. After about a week of frustration trying to breastfeed, we decided to go strictly formula, which is totally fine with us. It did give me a sense of guilt though at first, just questioning if I was doing the best for baby. I feel fine about it now, but I'm constantly ridden with anxiety about almost everything. I worry about going back to work and putting him in daycare, I haven't been sleeping well just because I'm constantly making sure he's okay. But besides this, my husband and I have noticed something interesting. Since coming home from the hospital, we've both been noticing certain repeating number sequences on our digital clocks, the car, on our phone, on the microwave, even the coffee pot. To be more specific, I feel like I've been seeing more of the same number repeating, such as 222, 333, 444, and so on. And it happens just Suddenly, about three or four times a day, as I just quickly glance at whatever digital clock I'm closest to, and have even started saying the number out loud to see if my husband noticed it too, he feels like he's seeing more of an in-order number sequences, such as 234, 1234, 345. I do not notice those, excuse me, I do notice that when I see the numbers, it's almost always when I'm either holding my son or interacting with him in some way. Is this the divine telling us we're on the right path as parents? I do know I'm an empath and I'm very connected to my instinct and intuition. I have experiences all the time that I can get into later later on. We're very curious and I thought you two would be the perfect people to ask. Thank you for any insight you have and I'll definitely continue to ask any other questions I have. Thank you so much, Sarah. Wow. Well, you're the number lady, so, well, not the number lady, but you're the numerology person, so do you want to jump in about the numbers?
0: Sure. Uh, First, I just want to say that um, we moms can be a judgy bunch, so the anxiety (laughs) she's feeling (laughs) about not nursing, that is one I understand. I was able to nurse my children but I remember my sister was not, and it was a very similar situation. She could not nurse her twins, and you could tell the judgment from other moms. Even old moms, I mean like grandmothers, would say things like, are you sure that's best? Breast is best. And and I just wanted to slap all those women because all of us moms are in this together, and we're all doing the best we can, and so shut it. That's by a kind spiritual opinion. <laughs> I mean, really, don't you think we all, all of us moms, we need to support each other in all of our choices? Yeah. Uh, Secondly, I really understand her anxiety about going back to work. That was something I struggled with each and every single time. And I hated it. And I hate that all, well, so many of us moms have to face that. When we see numbers that line up this way, it is our guide's way of saying, do not worry. Do not worry, child, about any of this. Do not worry about using formula, about going back to work, about daycare. What you need to do now is rest and connect with your baby and focus on the beautiful, wonderful parents you are. Numbers lining up are exactly what we all probably think it means and what she kind of alluded to in her email. Things are lining up for you. Everything is on path. This is exactly how it was supposed to happen. You're doing nothing wrong. So when we see like 222, 333, that's about everything being in alignment. When we see 234, 123, 345, that's about things continuing to be in alignment. And it's asking you one day at a time, one step at a time, we will get through this journey together. So it's very, very positive message. And I feel it's both her and her husband's guides and angels saying, you're doing a great job. And you have been and you will continue and we're here with you. Your child is amazing and healthy and wonderful. And that's thanks to you and the choices you're making for your baby. And everything is gonna continue to go well. So all love and support to her. Beautifully,
1: beautifully put, yes. Yeah. Yes, and I think it's interesting she's either holding her son or interacting with him. This goes back to what we were just saying. These these little babies, they're just a conduit for energy. They are a ray of light that just beams in that energy divine. You know how when you hold a little baby or a small child and they just you instantly go into that place of peace and and you just feel that everything just go away. It doesn't matter because there's such a purity to their energy. And I, I really think that everything you said... And also, that baby came to them specifically to learn the lessons that he came here to learn. He shines a bright little light.
0: That's right. That's right. So let's all support all of us moms and dads out there. Okay, our next one says, I have had the same experience probably once every couple of years for the past 30 years, and I just can't explain it. But something different happened this week, and I'd like your opinions, please. I am woken every so often by an extreme resonance in my body. A vibration that is so strong, it feels like I've been hooked up to the mains power. It's so strong I cannot move, and it scares me. Not because it feels bad, because it doesn't, but because I don't understand what is happening. I am always alone, and it has happened to me in several locations, so it's not attached to one place. I feel as though I am awake, but I'm always too scared to open my eyes to see if there's anything in the room. It happened again this week, but with a twist. I was dreaming that I was in my bed dreaming. Yes, sounds weird, but in my actual dream, this strong resonance happened to me again, and I shouted in my dream, show yourself. I opened my eyes, still in the dream, and saw a tall, thin, naked man standing by my bed, but he was made entirely of blue flames, like he was on blue fire. He was standing by my bed looking at me, and he felt protective, caring, powerful, so powerful, but gentle. And I had the feeling he was here for me, but I don't know if he's an angel, a spirit, or a star being. I have always tried to sense what this vibration is, and it has never felt like a human spirit. Have you ladies heard of anything similar? He left a beautiful impression on me, and I would like to reconnect with him, but don't know how. It's all very strange, and I've never seen anything like him before, but I have felt the same vibrations on and off most of my life. Any insight would be gratefully received by this very confused listener. And that's from Rebecca in the UK. Okay, Rebecca, I have not seen a blaming a flaming blue naked man by my bed. However, I think this is something that most of us have experienced in different ways. Wouldn't you agree, Denise? Like, haven't you had that experience of feeling this, st- this strong vibration go through your body? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I've never asked, show yourself. So this email has made me think all week, like, why haven't I done that? That's such a good thing to do. Whatever it's happened to me, I've just always been like, oh great, they're lifting and raising my vibration to the next level. To me, it's like uh, graduating to the next grade. You know, It's like, okay, you've learned the lessons for this unit, so now we're going to take you up a notch. But I've never really thought about it being connected to a specific being. Now, blue flame, that's connected with Archangel Michael often, but it's also it also makes me think of the rays. H- haven't you heard that many of us incarnate in a different ray? Have you ever read those studies? It's like old metaphysical yeah, stuff yeah. where like some of us come in on the ray lights of the red ray, and some of us come in on the orange and so on through the chakras. And those who come who incarnate in the blue light. Are often here to communicate messages, all that throat chakra stuff. So they're here to communicate, to speak their truth, to walk their authentic walk. And so I just feel like it could be a star being. I haven't studied a lot about them and I don't have a lot of experience in that field, but it could also be an angel. Not all angels have been seen with wings, Um, or it could be a member of her spirit guide team who's lifting and raising her vibrations. And she might be from the Blu-ray, like her soul might be a part of that Blu-ray.
1: Other aspects are the, uh, the fact that it was lucid dreaming. She knew what was happening in the dream, which lends me to think there's, this is about a visitation and the fact that she saw this energy. And what's been shifting a lot and coming up for, for many, many people, and it's showing up in literature, it's showing up in um, meditations people are downloading is the idea of connecting with many different realms of existence. And I think what flashed in my mind as I was saying that is years and years ago, I was working on a boat with my father and, he, and we were talking about how vast the ocean is. And he said, there are things down there that we don't know. We don't know because no one's ever seen it. And there may be, you know, lobsters as big as houses. there may be, He said, we just don't know because it's so vast. And that's the way mother nature wants it. That's not what we're... So it was just, it was a fun conversation with my father. But that's what this reminds me of is we don't know everything that's out there. And we, we limit ourselves sometimes by thinking we can only connect with our ancestors or with our, you know, our, the angelic realm or with our guides. And maybe this is part of her connecting with even a, a higher energetic presence also, the fact that it was very protective and loving. There was no fear involved. All of that feels very, very positive. And, uh, and I think it's, it was very brave to say, show yourself. I do too. Because that's showing I'm okay. I'm safe. I know that I'm... Really cool story.
0: It really is. And it confirms what we're always saying, trust your feelings. And she felt safe, and she felt protected, and she felt that he was a very powerful, protecting being. And that's really the most important thing out of this. But I'd love to hear from other listeners because that image she saw of a of a man in a blue flame, that's really specific. And I, I bet you other people have seen something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. That's very, very fascinating. Our next question, dear Denise and Samantha, thanks so much for your show on angels. I just finished listening to it and wanted to share my angel story. When I was in my early 20s, I was heading home late, about 1 a.m. and just about to crest a hill leading to my parents' house. In my head, I heard a voice say gently, slow down, there's a deer in the middle of the road ahead. Now, the speed limit on this road is 45, but I didn't think about it and dropped down to 10 miles an hour. Sure enough, there in the middle of the road, it was waiting. I stopped easily and the deer continued along. I was shocked and in awe. I've told some people this story, but no one seems to give it much credence. Either way, I know it was my angel guide protecting me. Now that we're going through this pandemic, I'm about to become laid off and I deal with the emotions and grief. I reach and recall this moment and other times in my life when I've been protected. I hope this story helps you and others as it continues to give me hope during these times of transition and turmoil. Wishing you both so much love and light, Elisa. Let's see, that's that's another thing of the warning system. Just pay attention to and we'll, we'll steer you in the right direction. We'll let you know you're going to be okay. Because a lot of people would have gotten that message and said, oh, that's, I'm just making that up. It's a dark night and it's, it's, there's going to be deer out. But just the fact that she was able to say, nope, I'm going to honor this and slow down. And plus, it's always really cool to see, see animals when you, when you pay attention to those messages.
0: I agree. And so this message came to prevent her the despair of you know, hitting this animal. And it reminds us that when we do pay attention to that still small voice within, we can avoid those potholes in the road. And I think so often what happens is we ignore that voice and then we hit the pothole and then we blame our guides and angels. You know, where was God? Why Why didn't anyone help me when that happened? And yet, if you focus on awakening and trusting your intuition, you'll see that they really were there all along footprints in the sand type of thing. And I think she's right that during this time of turmoil and panic, to take a moment in your day, especially when you're trying to fall asleep at night. I don't know if you guys have read all the articles being published right now, but so many people are feeling the anxiety in the air right now and are having either really vivid, intense, not so great dreams or not being able to sleep at all. And so when you're having those moments, it's very comforting to go through your life story and think about those times when you were directed, when you were helped and comforted, when a higher force did intercede on your behalf. Because it can comfort you and it can also remind you, as I think so many of these emails have reminded us to ask for that, that help and pay attention when it comes. Okay, our next question says, I just listened to your Guardian Angels show and felt the need to send an email. My husband passed away five and a half years ago. Shortly after returning to work, I was talking to a psychic that happened to be working in the store. I worked in a grocery store. When I left her to go back to my department to finish working, there was a white feather on the floor in front of me. I knew right away it was a sign from my late husband. How else could a feather show up in front of me in a grocery store? Thank you so much for all you do. I listen to all three podcasts. God bless you all. And that's from Pam. Wow. Well, Pam, we're so sorry for the physical loss of your husband. But I think it's so cool, Denise, to reflect on all the things not even mentioned in that story. Like, what made that psychic go into that grocery store at that time? And what made her talk to Pam and, and, you know, have her share information about her husband and then to walk to the back of the store in a different department and find a white where would a white feather come from in a grocery store they don't sell pillows this isn't (laughs) (laughs) you know it's not like hey we're all out of toilet paper so we're just going to sell ziploc bags of feathers no so i think that's really cool
1: i agree i agree and just the fact that uh spirit can manifest and I shared this with you that it, no matter how long I do this work, it, I just am so fascinated and humbled when spirit can manifest, when people are loved and spirit can manifest something or play with the electronics or put off an alarm or it just, those messages are so strong and powerful. And what a beautiful, beautiful gift for her from her husband to know I'm okay. I still have your back. We're, we're still in this together.
0: I know. I really love stories like that. My favorite story about like that is from a client of mine who shared that she would go into her closet every day after her husband passed, and she'd smell his shirt, and sometimes she would just wear his shirts. And one day she goes into the closet to do that, and, you know, uh, several months had passed, so the clothes were, were losing his scent. And she just sat in the bottom of her closet holding his shirt, crying. And she said, I just miss you so much. I just wish I could smell you again and just feel you and know you were here. No sooner has she uttered those words than she hears a crash in the bathroom outside the closet. And she goes out and his bottle of cologne was stacked up with all in the middle of all her perfume bottles. None of her perfume bottles crashed, just his cologne. Filling up the whole room with his scent. Oh, that, that's so sweet. I know. I love stories like that. So thank you, Pam, for sharing that. Do you want to share one more before we pause? I think that's great. Hi,
1: ladies. I have a crystal question. I'm newer to working with crystals, and I've been putting a clear quartz point on my third eye chakra during meditation for a few weeks now to improve my intuition, clairvoyance, and connection to spirit. I noticed today that half of the crystal, not the point, but the other half, is now very cloudy and not clear at all anymore. I wanted to ask, what does this mean? Can I clean this crystal and restore it back to clear? I'm confused and unsure of whether to keep using it. Okay, well, I've always understood that when crystal's clear, it's absorbing that energy. But again, this is more your forte, so I'm going to hand this off to you.
0: Yeah, when when a, cloudy, when a crystal becomes cloudy, and this is really easy to see in clear quartz, it's not obviously so easy to see in colored quartz or colored crystals, which is why it's important to remember on your own to clear your stones. But with clear quartz, you can see it, and it's kind of cool to track it. When it absorbs your negative energy, and by negative, I don't mean mean. I just mean like, you know, any sadness, anxiety, worry, fatigue, it's going to, that's its job. It's like a battery. So it's going to store that up and it's going to show itself in a cloudy way. So it does not mean you have to stop using this crystal. It just means you need to cleanse the crystal and give it a little break from your energy. This is why it is so important to daily or weekly cleanse the stones that you use on, on a significant basis. So if you wear a crystal every day or you hold a crystal in your pocket or for meditation or under your pillow, you really need to be cleansing that stone at least once a week. And depending on what the stone is will determine how you cleanse it. For clear quartz, my favorite way to cleanse it is in salt water. There are many, many, many stones you should never, ever cleanse in salt water. So I won't go into that. But clear quartz, you can. And that's my favorite way. You just soak it in a bowl of salt water overnight. And then what I like to do, like I have a clear quartz necklace that I wear uh, almost every day. I tend to cleanse it every night. Um, while I'm sleeping. But in the, at least like on Saturdays or Sundays, I try to do this. I put it out in the sun, just in the the powerful hours of the sun, you know, like 11 to three. And I just let it charge up. So you can cleanse a stone with salt water, with sage, breath, intention, rice, all sorts of different ways. But you can charge it with the energy of the sun or the moon. Uh, I prefer the sun for clear quartz, especially if it's a stone you're working to really help you absorb energy, especially for awakening and working with shockers, so it does not mean to stop using the crystal. It's just like um, picture a sponge that you're that you're washing all your dinner dishes with. The sponge is going to get dirty after you clean, you know, eight plates and two roasting pans. It doesn't mean you throw the sponge away. You just clean it, disinfect it, and then you use it again the next day.
1: Good analogy.
0: Thank you. All right, so let's take a little break just to tell people some things we have coming up um, and then we'll get right back to our questions. I just wanted to remind everyone that in May, I'm teaching my Be Your Own Psychic webinar. It's going to be May 14th, 21st and 28th. And in this class, you will learn how to hone and develop your intuition with quizzes, exercises, in-class instruction. Each week, you're partnered up with someone new in class to practice your skills in real time you also receive three of my guided meditation MP3s and over 100 pages of handouts. Plus, you're invited to join the Be Your Own Psychic private Facebook group, where you can meet other intuitives and continue reaching out for connection and practice. The webinars are recorded and emailed to you the next day, so even if you can't make the live class, no worries. For more information, you can go to my website, samanthafay.com. Now, Denise, I know you have some sad news to share about things going on in your calendar.
1: Well, I do because there were, all these wonderful, yes, there were all these wonderful events and travels and things that were going to happen. And in-person events, uh, Jen the astrologer and I were going to do a retreat weekend. That's been postponed until next October, so we will still hold that. We're just waiting for, for this pesky virus to go by. And we, I think that's a nicer way to put this, that pesky virus. Um, I agree. So I will, nice. will be offering that. Some other trips I, I had coming up, so they're being rescheduled for later dates. I am still working on the intuitive tarot class, which will be a video. I potentially am going to offer it as a course as well. I'm working up the logistics of that, and that should be ready by mid-May. So I'm excited to offer that. And that's. The, I think tarot is a wonderful divination pool blending that with your intuitive skills gives you such a useful way to connect with your own inner knowing and light but also to help connect for other people as well
0: yeah and you have a good way of teaching it where it's not just here's the card here's what it means it's more about empowering you to use your intuition in tandem with the card meanings
1: I, and for a lot of us, i think that when you make that relationship with your deck and your connection to divine, to bring those messages through divination, it's really nice to bring the meaning, but also to in tandem with what you're getting intuitively. Thanks for a powerful reading.
0: Definitely. So we'll post links to all of that on our Facebook page, Enlightened Empaths, or you can just go to our websites, samanthafay.com and thegratefulmessenger.com. Okay. Our next question says, Hello, Denise and Samantha. I hope you are both doing well in these stressful weeks. I am sending you both love and protective light. Well, thank you. Know that hearing your voices is so comforting and centering during these uncertain times, and I'm grateful for your podcast. Well, we're grateful for all of you guys listening and and supporting the podcast, and please know we are sending all of you all light as well. I know Denise and I, we light white candles every day to send out that positive energy. We're working with Crystal Grid, so I love that we're just a community of light workers. Anyway, she says, I listened to your Guardian Angel podcast just before the virus really started to take hold in this area. I went outside and sat in the sun and went into meditation. Working in law enforcement, my department had very limited PPE supplies. I don't know what that means, Denise. To you? Personal protection? Personal equipment, yeah. Okay. However, we have to work with the public even when they call, so we are pretty exposed. I asked my guides and angels to protect me, my department, and my loved ones during these uncertain times. I asked to see a red-tailed hawk as the sign that they heard me and were going to help protect us. I came out of the the meditation, showered, and got ready for shift. As I was driving to work, I saw a shadow of a bird hovering over my card. I looked up and saw a red-tailed hawk flying over my car. The hawk followed me quite a ways down my windy road into work. I took a deep breath and thanked them for the sign that they had heard me and answered so quickly. Thank you for reminding us that if we just ask, our guides and angels are there to help us. I know the next few weeks are going to be completely different than anything we have ever experienced, and we just have to remember to see the positive in all and to ask for help and protection from the light. I adore you both, and the listening community can't thank you enough for being that kind, caring, and reassuring friend on the other end of the radio. Be well and be safe. Well, we thank you so, so much for being a first responder and putting yourself on the line. And I have to say, I have been including doctors, nurses, grocery clerks, and especially law enforcement officers in my daily and nightly prayers. I don't know if you've seen the recent statistics on the NYPD officers who have come down with COVID-19, but they are brave souls and they are always the ones running into danger rather than away from it. So I just ask that all listeners, please keep her and all first responders in in your daily prayers. I also think it's fascinating to think about the red-tailed hawk. Now, hawks are always a a message of protection and guidance and intuition, but the red-tailed hawk, according to many, many ancient lore, says that it comes to people who are the protectors of earth so isn't it interesting that she just knew to ask for that sign and it came and she's a protector of earth right
1: i love 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 how so often we'll ask for a sign from nature which goes into that part of this whole transition we're in feels like reigniting our relationship with the earth reigniting our relationship with one another globally and by asking for that sign to come in of of the hawk, which is a very, very powerful messenger. That's a beautiful, beautiful story to share. So thank you. And thank you for your, your prayers and, and love and light because we're sending that out to all of you as well. Ready for our next one. I am. This one's a little bit heavier and, and very sobering. Um, In these trying times, this has fallen heavy on my heart. In this time of isolation and rising tension, there are women and men who are trapped in an abusive relationship and have no way out. In the very best of times, this is an awful place to be. Now home with an abuser and stress is multiplied. Can we all come together and send good vibes and healing out for these people? Just stop and take a moment to send healing to the universe coming from California. This I have thought about, so much in these last weeks and months of of isolation and change and shift the people who are in situations where they may not feel safe where they may be trying to protect their children and and not only physical abuse but emotional abuse or financial abuse it comes in all different varieties and one is neither is more or less than another I've also thought a lot about people who may have addiction issues who tend to become more abusive if they're not able to access their, their drug or activity of choice and the danger that's putting in, in people in situations. I've been trying to pray daily, and this is a big focus of the people. And it always is a big focus of who I pray for based on past experiences and, and people I've known in my life is those people who feel like they have no one to help them right now please know that we're all thinking of you we're praying for you we're sending healing and even if you just repeating to yourself this too shall pass the lord will provide whatever you find solace in know that we're we're all here for you
0: definitely and and i think there are still resources for people in those situations that they can reach out to you know, there are um, the domestic violence shelter, for example, their their phone lines are still open and active in most areas of the country that I've checked on. So I think it's important to know that even though we're all kind of stuck inside right now, there are still resources out there. But if all of us listening think about the other emails we've just read, ask and you shall receive. So if we each ask for protection, not only for first responders and healthcare workers and all the service industry workers, but also for people that are stuck right now in really difficult situations, that ask will be answered. That call will be heard. And so I I do think, I don't know about you, Denise, but sometimes in these situations, I feel so powerless. Like, well, what can I do sitting in my house? And then I remember, oh, you can pray. You can you can ask for Archangel Raphael to bring healing to people in these situations. You can ask for Archangel Michael to come down and shield families in these, in these trying times. And so I just think that that's an important reminder. And I really thank this listener for calling attention to that. Okay, our next question says, Hello, ladies. I've been listening to you two for so long. I feel like I could come over with a cup of tea while you fold your laundry just from listening to every episode. Well, thank you. You're welcome to come for a cup of tea as long as you help us fold the laundry. (laughs) You are both so comfy to listen to and have been there explaining what and how I have felt my whole life, but have been afraid to say it out loud for fear of judgment. Lately, the past five or so years, I've accepted my gifts and I'm slowly developing them. Overall, I have always been an empath, but here's my question. Is it possible to have all the clairs, but only one is dominant at a time? I used to see spirits and ghosts out of my peripheral vision and just quick glimpses of them. I've tried to shut my gifts down as I went to church on a regular basis, but my gifts just keep popping out. And of all the places, the first time I heard a voice and realized it wasn't my own thoughts was at church. It was the voice of a persistent young woman who had recently taken her own life after a lifelong struggle with drugs. She was baptized the previous week in our church, but being sober was too much for her. I never met her officially, but we knew a lot of the same people. She was extremely persistent during the whole church service about me giving a message to this one girl sitting a couple of rows back. I'd never met this girl before this day, so you can imagine me introducing myself to her after the service, knowing her name, and saying, This is going to sound completely out of the blue, and especially here, but I feel like I have to tell you what's going through my head right now and won't shut off until I say this. Luckily, she was open and needed to hear what her friend wanted to say. That was my first time hearing a spirit and haven't had that much that fast since. Just quick little snippets of people who have passed kind of joining in, confirming what's being said while I'm talking with their loved one. So do we use all the clairs like this or do our gifts rotate in a way where only one can be the strongest at a time? Okay, well, I think that's a really great question. I do think we have predominantly one strong clair. So, whether it's claircognizance, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, I do think one of those is strongest. I think the goal of any medium is to work on making the others just as strong. And, you know, you do that through practice and, and meditation and working with the chakras. I also think, though, that the spirits we're linking in with we're going to utilize their energy as well. So what I mean by that is, if someone on earth was a real talker and was always just da 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 then you might use clairaudience to connect with that person because she used clairaudience a lot when she was talking on earth. If a someone on earth was really quiet, but very empathic and kind of an observer, then when you're linking in with that spirit, you might be using clairsentience. I feel like it's it's kind of a a tandem thing where your strongest Claire is going to be there but the individual you're linking in with you're going to link in with their strongest Claire as well so it's not so much that it rotates it's kind of depending on the situation and haven't
1: you found that as you become more connected with your inner knowing your skills your whatever with your Claire's that they piggyback off each other as well. Yes. But you may have started out predominantly clairvoyant, and now you get more clairaudience or clairsentience or clear. So things will grow. They'll continue to shift and evolve in this work for as long as you choose to do it. Well said. Okay. Our next one is very quick, but kind of a fun one. Samantha and Denise just saw a young white albino deer under the full moon with the moon in Virgo, my sun sign. What could it mean? Sing a deer is about gentle beginnings. The fact that it was in your sign, I think that that's that's incredible. But a lot of times albino animals have been really revered in a lot of cultures for centuries as omens of good fortune, fertility, harvest. Um, They appear frequently in Welch and Celtic mythology, creatures of the other world sometimes with red eyes or ears or snouts, but I know that a dear friend of mine, her totem animal is white buffalo, which is very sacred in in indigenous tribes here in the United States. So I really feel like the fact that she saw this deer, it was young. My, my intuitive feeling is it was about gentle new beginnings and coming into her life and really showing up to, to help her realize that this is her path and to pay attention. It could also be that animal is a totem for her.
0: Yes, it could. And But you know what this made me think of? The Native Americans often believed that seeing a white animal was a huge prophecy coming about a shift yes. coming to the earth. And yes. I think it's fascinating because we got this Facebook message before this pandemic really started. And I just wonder if she's so tuned into the energy of the world, if this didn't almost come as a reminder that, hey, some bad stuff is coming up, but it's here to shift us into a better place. Because often seeing uh, albino or all white animals Mm -hmm. is about the light coming to eradicate the dark. And I know right now it might not feel that way as we're stuck in our homes and reading all this negative news But I truly believe, I have to believe, that something positive is going to come out of all of this. And maybe this is a sign of that. Yes. And the animals will, this is a thing of, she
1: didn't for this sign, but we're both getting a very strong feeling that this animal came as a sign for her. So again, this theme that's been in a lot of these questions of asking, you'll receive.
0: Well said. Okay, our next question says, Hi there, I'm needing some help. I'm having a really hard time. I'm an empath and feel everything so deeply, which I'm grateful for. But when I'm driving, this is when my anger comes out the most. People that ride my tail or just the anxiety of the road, I can feel it all. It's almost as though it keeps happening until I figure out how to manage it. I'm a hospice worker, so I drive for my job, and I'm so exhausted by the end of the day. Any suggestions? Yes, I do. I don't have anxiety um, like this when I drive, but I do have road rage from time to time and it is something I have tried to work on. And I feel like I've done a really good job on it in the last uh, five or six years. The way that I handled my issue with driving was I started to think about, okay, Samantha, what is this trying to teach you? And so rather than focusing on the person on my tail or The person, my anger isn't usually people on my tail. My anger is like um, people going 10 miles under the speed limit in front of me or those people who weave in and out of traffic or don't let people in. I'm always amazed at the selfishness of drivers. It freaks me out. Or people who leave their blinkers on. Do you not hear that in your own car? Anyway, see, still working on it. But what I have tried to do is think, okay, okay, this is happening for you, Samantha, so what is this trying to teach you? For me, it was all about control, and I had to realize that I have to focus in my life, not only just in the car, but in my life. I had to focus on what am I in control of and what am I not in control of, and in the car, I'm only in control of me. I'm not in control of the other drivers, whether they be angry and aggressive or super driving too slow or just being very selfish. I'm not in control of any of that. And so it was really instructive to me to start to let that go. And so I started to use the drivers. Like if I got behind a really slow driver, I would say, okay, Samantha, you have no control over this. You're going to have to go 20 miles an hour and a 45. There's no passing lane. So just sit back and enjoy it. And if someone like rides my tail, which does happen a lot, that doesn't bother me at all. You know why? I do this all the time and I, it helps me a lot. I, whenever there's a moment where I can pull to the side, like I have literally pulled into driveways. I have pulled into, you know, the, the, the side area where you can just kind of pause for what's that called the emergency lane. I just let them pass and I wave to them goodbye, good luck, and then I put white light around them because they're going to, you know, that's not good to drive that fast. So learning to release and surrender that illusion of control has helped me. But I think people have anxiety around driving for a a ton of different reasons. So I'm not saying that's going to work for you. What I am saying is take some time to really go within and say what's at the root of this anxiety? Because, see, mine was anger, and I had to think, what's at the root of this anger? And it was control. So for you, I would ask you to look at the anxiety you feel. You know, are you feeling pressured to please people all the time in your life? And that's why you feel pressure when someone's riding your your bumper. Do you do something like that too when you're driving, Denise?
1: I do. This feels like a familiar question. So I'm wondering if we had mentioned this before or we had another conversation about this. Because your car is an extension of your auric field. So you fill up your energy is in there. That's why if someone cuts us off or um, rides or tail or whatever, we feel almost violated. Like It's similar to when someone gets too close to us physically. There's also that adrenaline rush if someone cuts you off. If you live in an aggressive part of the country with aggressive driving, where you have to always be on red alert, someone's going to cut you off or, or you know pull in front of you or whatever that might be. One thing that has helped is when you're getting in your car, when you're turning the key, whatever is envision a protective light around you. I do this for people I love that are traveling or for my even my sons are grown men, and I'll picture a beautiful buffer zone around their vehicle to keep them safe. I ask the you know my people in spirit to watch over them. I'll see like an angel riding like over the top of their vehicle for protection. But if you can picture like a buffer zone that extends out from your vehicle, sometimes that can help re- alleviate that anxiety a little bit.
0: That's a great because it's tip. giving
1: your auric field a little bit of a buffer as well. And just as I'm, I'm glad that when you. You said, this is terrible. When you said, oh, I pull over and gently j- and wave goodbye. And I was thinking about, no, I just slammed
0: the brakes on and watched them lock them up. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good that you don't. <laughs> well, my wave is a passive aggressive wave. It's, I'm not like okay. Buddha sitting on the side of the road. Mine's like like, um, go on with your jolly ass self. You know, like mine's not a, it's not from a spiritual place. I'm working on all of that. <laughs> But your your pointers remind me of that pink light tip I often tell people. And I I really invite you guys to try this. You know, my kids think half the stuff I say is ridiculous, you know. Mom, what are you doing with that crystal? All that stuff. But they've seen this in action. And so if they were here, they could validate this. I ask you guys to try this. If you have an angry driver behind you or next to you, on the road, visualize their car wrapped in pink cotton candy. It calms their energy down. I read this study years ago, and I can't find it. I have tried so many times to find it again on the internet, and I can't. But it was the study, it was um, in an interview with Terry Gross on NPR, and then I researched the author she had on and found the study, and I that was years ago, I can't find it. But they did a study in this uh, Victorian-era London hospital for people going through nervous breakdowns and they had them visualize pink light around themselves. And they had, it was like almost, I think they called it a placebo effect, but it had as much or even greater an effect on reducing their depression and anger and anxiety as the actual medications they were on. So the pink light technique really does work. I remember the first time driving in my car with my kids and we had this angry guy on our tail and I told the girls. All right, everyone. You know, it was one of those big, jacked-up trucks, you know, with all like the bumper stickers on it. And I said, "All right, guys, wrap him and wrap his whole truck in thick pink cotton candy." And my younger two were like just rolling their eyes, like whatever. But Olivia did it with me, and it was—he backed off and he got in the other lane and stayed behind me the whole time. It was amazing. So that's something. That's to a good try. story about the candy light. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do we have time for one more? I think so,
1: yes. And this is a, a quick one. So it's, hi, Denise and Samantha. I've been called lately to work with the angelic realm. Do you have any books or other resources that you recommend? And you made a lovely list, which I'll I'll read. Uh, the Everything's Guide to Angels by Karen Polino. Ask Your, Ask Your Guides by Sonia Choquette. Angels in My Hair by Lorna Byrne. The complete idiot guides to connecting with your angels, the wisdom and teachings of Archangel Michael by Brad. Is it Steiger or Steiger?
0: Yes, Brad Steiger. Steiger.
1: Guardian angels and spirit guides by Brad Steiger. Spirit guides and angel helpers by Richard Webster. And angels for beginners by Richard Webster. And I'll list those in the show notes as well. But that's really nice group of, of uh, resources
0: for anyone interested in the angelic realm. I hope so. I really thought about this question because there's so many, you know, you guys know me and my angels. So I actually have like three bookshelves in my little library wall dedicated to my angel book. So I really thought about this because there's so many books devoted to angel stories. And there's books that are about angels interceding to help you know, in famous historical cases. But there aren't a lot of really good, practical, hands on books about connecting with your own angels. So that's the list that I came up with just based on books that have helped me. But if anyone else listening has a book they'd like to recommend, uh, please share it with us. We'd love to, definitely would love to hear it. And I will try to remember to post that list on our Facebook page too. Okay. So we have a couple left, but we're running out of time. So we will save these for next month's community connection. If you have a question that you guys want to share or a lovely uplifting story you'd like to contribute, you can always email us enlightenedempaths at gmail.com or you can message us on Facebook where we can be found at Enlightened Empaths. And we love connecting with you guys and hearing from you. So please reach out. Let us know how you're doing in this quarantine time. And help us continue to share light and positivity. Feel free to post funny, uplifting, positive news on our, on our Facebook page. We just love hearing from you guys. Hope you're doing well during this time. And Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Don't forget, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care.